I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Isaac Harris. Isaac Harris. He's the podcast host that is here. Swings a web, sings around. He knows cap stuff and he likes North Carolina. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? <laughs> I did just get back from Spider-Man. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm I was I was not in love with the movie. So if you are a huge Spider-Man, fan, I I like Tom Holland and I like Zendaya. I I liked all of that, but I think I was just completely out on Mysterio. I'm sorry. There it is. Wow! Wow! Shots fired. All right, on the podcast today, we'll talk about everything that's going on at the Mavs right now, as far as where they stand in free agency at this point. We're recording at. Uh, almost 11 o'clock central time, 11 p.m. central time, and Kawhi has not made a decision. It doesn't seem like Kawhi is trying to rush this at all. However, we just finished day, you know, two and a half of free agency, so it's not like he's taking. He's not like he's really taking his time and making everybody wait. Uh, you remember LeBron signed in like on July 10th. Isn't that when he went back to Cleveland? Oh, everything felt like it took longer i think when he went back to cleveland it was july 10th and everybody had to wait for it so uh this has gone on longer this could go on this could go on till then i mean it just could happen hopefully before the fourth but who kd's that means it would have to happen today today no to oh okay before the fourth yes yeah well, I mean, if you see, I mean, everything's been so quiet with the Kawhi stuff, which is pretty fascinating. I, I've enjoyed having something that you know crap is happening, but you don't know everything about it, and I think that's a really cool thing. I know Lakers fans are super confident, and it feels like everyone in the industry right now is saying, oh, the Lakers are getting him. Uh, but still, the fact that you're not hearing, you're hearing bits and pieces. Some people are like, oh, he had a meeting with the Clippers. And now he's you know, having a meeting with Toronto and all that stuff. So I don't know. I mean, nobody knows with Kawhi. And so I think it's fun. I don't even know if we know how he's going to announce. And I'm just preparing for the worst at this point. The worst is him going to the Clippers for the Mavericks. I'm just talking about from the league. From the league, the worst thing is probably him going to the Lakers. Yes. Well, just the worst in my heart. Howard, I, I would get it if I was him. I would understand it. I'm not like... I understand people saying, oh, you know, parody would be the best. But there is something to having a team that everyone is shooting for and trying to take down, right? Like the Warriors were this team that everybody was trying to take down. The Heat were this team that everyone was trying to take down. There's always usually kind of been that team in the NBA. Yeah, but the NBA would still be the NBA if you didn't have that. It would be nice to have a year with with you know nobody like going into the season next year. If Kawhi, let's say he goes to the Clippers or stays in Toronto, like who well, are just we go pick, the, who are you picking to win the title? Well, I think if he goes to Toronto, he, they would they would be the favorites pretty quick. But if he goes to the Clippers, 
I mean, it would be so much fun to just see, I mean, just the playoffs and or the regular season. I, I mean, it, it could go so many different directions, and so that that part would be fun. And I, of course, I just don't want him to go to Lakers because, yeah, it's the Lakers. I don't like the Lakers. I don't like LeBron. So. And somehow we have done this podcast for over two years. Yes, yes, we have. Yes to this podcast for over two years, but is Kawhi ready to be the villain if he goes to the Lakers? See, I don't even think would. Kawhi would be the villain. I feel like people would just blame LeBron. That team that team would be the villain, though. Yeah, but I feel like people wouldn't be mad at Kawhi. They'd just be like, just extra hate on LeBron because he he takes it all. I mean, he is like a magnet he would be, for that kind of stuff. He would be the, personality-wise, he would be Bosh. Yes, and everyone loved Bosh. No one blamed Bosh. Yeah, because most people would dislike the LeBron Wade part of yes. all of that. And Kawhi would be, and how AD pushed out of New yes, Orleans yeah. that people don't like that. And LeBron Kawhi just made a decision if he do, if he did, you know. Anyway, we're still waiting on Kawhi's decision. Therefore, the trickle effect of Danny Green and uh, Dallas. I feel like everyone uh, who follows basketball or knows that we're associated with the Mavs or anybody is texting me random friends. So is Dallas going to do anything? And I'll tell everybody the same thing. We're waiting on Danny Green. Like, <laughs> However you want to view that, we're waiting on Danny Green right now. And uh, it looks like we're still waiting on the Kawhi thing, but we might not have to wait for Kawhi. We might not be. So um, Danny Green has a podcast called uh, The Green Room. Inside the Green Room, I think it's called. Yeah, and with Yahoo. With Yahoo. And his host is this guy, Harrison Sanford, that has known Danny Green for a long time, like over 10 years, that he's known him since he was in high school. And uh, he said a couple of things. He went on Ben and Skin yesterday, and he said a couple of things that were interesting. Uh, he said, he mentioned that, like, Danny Sanford, this this guy, if you're on Twitter, I'm sure you've seen some of us retweet some of his things because he mentions Dallas a lot. And he mentions the fit Dude's with Dallas. Dude's been tearing up Twitter. <laughs> He's been all about hey, Twitter. He's got this. He's got this shot right where he has some interest and some some juice right here. Right. You just you just never see this though. Like it's kind of it's kind of different because you never see free agents and they have like their best buddies or like agents or whoever it is and they're letting them tweet out. I mean, he's literally he's literally started a few days ago. Here's the case for Dallas. Here's yeah. the case for the Clippers. Here's the case. You know, for all these different teams. And like tweeting out things, whatever. He obviously went on the radio show here in Dallas. He sent out like three tweets in a row uh, the other night or last night. Yeah, it was or two nights ago, whenever you listen to this. And really hyping up their strong interest with the Mavericks. And he's just been tweeting a ton. And yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, we did, we, ha- we ju- have to just roll with it. If you got the juice and the interest, you know, go ahead. Take it, do with it what you please. And I um, bet he's got a lot of followers now from it. But he's close to Danny Green, so this is the. I mean, this is the closest we've gotten to hearing stuff from his camp. So he went on Bennett's skin and he said he mentions the Mavs on Twitter a lot because Danny thinks about the Mavs a lot. They're in, they're they're in serious considerations. He's really thinking about going to the Mavericks. Uh, he values what the Mavs have put in front of him. So the Mavs have apparently made a case, uh, and they've put you know. It, Maybe maybe an offer. They've maybe this is speculation at this point. They've put they've put maybe an offer in front of him. They've put you know a plan of you know, but at least they they've presented themselves to Danny Green. Um, and Danny Green was he's going to wait for Kawhi, or he, he said that he was going to wait for Kawhi, and now he's you know because of the Mavs offer, now he's thinking maybe about uh, not 
<laughs> waiting for Kawhi. So this this could happen before Kawhi. There is a chance. Not saying it's likely. I'm just saying that there's a chance. Uh, and you know, as soon as as soon as he makes a decision right after Kawhi, we're like, oh well, there goes the thing about making the decision, you know, without Kawhi. But the thing you have to think about with Danny Green is he's uh, he's 32. So he's thinking about long-term stability, and that and Harrison Sanford in that interview mentioned that that he's considering that he wants some some long-term money, probably so a longer deal, and um, he only gets to make this decision once. Once he agrees, I mean, he could do a DeAndre Jordan and back out, but once he does that, the money might dry up, right? Like he has yeah. these three teams now that are in holding patterns. I guess he technically has four teams in holding patterns because the the Raptors can still bring him back. And give him the money that he, the same money that he would get from any other team. And so we don't know if the Clippers are in that, but true. But theoretically, they could give him that money. Like, it's not like, you know, if Danny Green was the only one left and the Clippers still had space, you know, would they do it? I mean, yeah, should. So he only gets to make this decision once. So he, he is still considering, but he's also considering not waiting for Kawhi. So, you know. Yeah, and you know, obviously, if Danny Green uh, commits before Kawhi, a lot of people are going to try to read the tea leaves at that point. Of if he signs with Dallas by the time you listen to this, or, or today on Wednesday, then a lot of people are going to make oh, Kawhi's definitely Laker, Laker bound. He's definitely not going back to yeah. Toronto then because Danny's holding out. If he goes to Toronto, all this stuff. So that's where you know, and and Nick and I were talking about before. I don't think even if uh, let's just say Kawhi picks the Clippers, yeah, I don't think that guarantees Danny to go to Dallas because nope. um, the Lakers will definitely have money to spend at that point, and Danny Green fit perfect with that team. You know that they'll be calling and putting out the money for that too. So I don't think it's a lock that that happens. Uh, the only way do I f- I would feel decently confident is if Kawhi goes to the Lakers that we would get Danny Green. Yeah, it feels like at this point, and I, that's the, the scenario that I pointed out at the beginning of free agency, even with uh, – it was Patrick Beverly at that point, and now he's back with the Clippers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the Danny Green situation. We're still waiting on it. You know, It's not the end of the world if Danny Green doesn't come to Dallas either, right? <laughs> uh, it would be kind of disappointing if he does It would be disappointing for sure, yeah. but it's not the end of the world, I don't think. Especially, especially at this point, but – yeah, we we still have to see what else Dallas has up their sleeve. They're still setting, a, you know, on the twenty two million in cap space. Uh, that was another thing. I know some people are getting really confused with that right now, but <laughs> I, I I blame myself for that. Um, yesterday on the podcast, I wanted to bring this up. Yesterday on the podcast, I said that if the Mavericks do not use this space, they take it into the season. That is completely incorrect, and I know that's incorrect, and I don't know why I said that yesterday. The Mavericks, since they are signing all these deals, they signed Dorian Finney-Smith today, three years, $12 million. That deal, as well as Maxi's deal, Porzingis' deal, uh, Seth Curry's deal, that all is going to eat into the cap space eventually because it has to. <laughs> but right now, they're allowed to you know, hold off from signing these guys. Um, they when can... From from signing the Dorians, the Maxis, the, the Porzingises, and they still have that twenty two million. Once they sign those guys, then that cap space is gone. So I I said that I that was wrong yesterday. Um, so yeah, yeah it, it wouldn't go into this this season with cap space, no matter what. At this point, yeah. So and Isaac didn't these... say anything against it, so I blame Isaac. <laughs> 
when you have these restricted guys, you know, you have their rights, obviously. So it, it's all a matter, all about the order of events. We've talked about this on the pod. That's why, uh, for instance, the Clippers just re-signed Rodney Magruder. And some people see that news and like, well, crap, that just takes them out of the $30 million for Kawhi at this point. They don't have enough money for Kawhi. No, they had his restricted rights. Yeah. So if the Clippers would bring in Kawhi, then they would bring – so. It means whenever you know Dallas can sign on July 6, when they can actually put pen to paper, they're going to sign Seth Curry. They're going to sign if they do sign Danny Green and any other free agent first. Then it on top of that, that's when you sign KP. That's when like actually put the pen to paper for KP, Finney Smith, Maxi. That money does not count towards. That's what that's the benefit that you get whenever you extend the qualifying offer to those guys. If you renounce that, you know, their rights, if you did not extend a qualifying offer to Maxi or Dorian yeah. and then you re-signed them, then it would count towards the cap. But that's the benefit of restricted free agency and giving them the qualifying offer and all that stuff. But Finney Smith's deal today, I thought it was a solid deal. Yeah. I mean, we, we've years, been saying... Three years, $12 million, that's like half of what Maxi got. Yeah, there was a, you know, I would say... You know, halfway through the season, you know, I think it was a question: Who's going to get paid more this offseason? Finney Smith, Maxi, blah blah blah. Over the past month or so, you've heard us been very, very loud and clear. We were more worried about Maxi, very confident that Maxi would be getting more money than uh, Dorian Finney Smith, and he did. He got double the amount of money than Finney Smith did uh, on the market today. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Mavs like their guys. I think there's something about the fact that. You know, Maxi and Dorian, they're both undrafted guys. They they've went this route before. Dallas likes and you see you see what happened with you know, with JJ Barrett. They for the you know, in a sense, found Finney Smith. They found Maxi. They started scouting Maxi since he was sixteen. I did this whole story on Maxi earlier in the season. Like they found these guys. They've invested into them. They have help improve them so it's like a finney smith type of thing like man we've put it put the years into developing you we like you you're part of our system and you know they want to keep him around so now you know you get him around for a good price the four four million a year basically and you know you're starting to see these three you know these three-year deals kind of line up on these you know well seth is for four years but Finney Smith at you know at three years, Maxi at the three years, but he has the team option for that that next year after that. So, yeah. Uh, we interrupt this program to uh, to give you this update. Did something just happen? Our boy Rashad Phillips is back. Yoda. Oh dear God! Why are we talk? Why are we talking t- about him? He hasn't tweeted since February. And he came back and said there's a difference between a player that stat pads and just accumulates stats. And he split two categories, and he, give, he gives examples. Players that accumulate stats are Lillard, Curry, Trey Young, Kawhi Leonard. Players that stat pad are Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Chris Paul, and Luka Doncic. This guy. He said neither side is bad, but you must know the difference. Hashtag Yoda. He put hashtag Yoda in his notes thing that he screenshotted him and included with the tweet. I think I'm more frustrated that he tries to claim Yoda and than his like dumb Luca Trey stuff. I like Yoda is a goat, all right? Yoda does not need to be associated. Anyway, all right, let's uh let's take a break. When we come back, there's a couple more rumors. We want to talk about the Gallinari thing because that was brought up by Kevin O'Connor. We want to 
address our opinions on that. And then we finally want to talk about some of these big moves that were made in the rest of the NBA. We spent the last two days talking about just the Mavericks. So let's get into this. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, Gallinari and the rest of the league. All right, Isaac. So Kevin O'Connor brought up this scenario today. Um, Danilo Gallinari makes $22 million. The Mavericks have $22 million in cap space. So if if the Clippers wanted to bring in Kawhi and Danny Green, right? That's what that's the only reason why they would do this. Yeah. Or maybe Kawhi and they also wanted to sign I, I couldn't think of any other reason besides they just wanted to bring in Kawhi and Danny Green. Uh, Kawhi and Danny Green and Boogie. Kawhi and Danny Green and Marcus Morris. Yeah, I don't think there's a market for Boogie, so I don't think he's... Yeah, well, I'm saying if they wanted to split the money up between a couple of guys, or they let's, let's say they had a trade out there, and they needed money, and they were going to bring in yes. a guy that makes a little bit more money, something like that. So Because they're setting right around that Kawhi Leonard max right they now. just have enough for him. After this you know, Magruder deal and all that stuff, they, they're just at, at that much money. Yes, so if they want to, you know, make that money for other free agents, or if they have a trade deal in place, whatever, that's where could they shed Gallinari? That was the whole scenario all along. If they wanted to pair, you know, Kawhi and Jimmy Butler, Kawhi and somebody else, they would have to shed Gallinari. And Dallas is the only team at this point that could take Gallinari, you know, straight up or with the, the Cats. Uh, well, yeah, more Lakers. So if there's a scenario in which Kawhi says, I'm picking the Clippers. They want Danny Green. And so Danny Green tells Dallas, I'm saying, what if? What if Danny Green tells Dallas, hey, I want to go to the Clippers. I'm not going to sign there. And then Dallas has a choice you know, to be like, all right, well, we have this cap space. Would you rather split up the cap space between some of these other guys? Or would you rather take the $22 million expiring contract of Gallinari with something attached. That's the key thing about it. If you're yeah. going to help the Clippers out and take Gallinari's contract, to you know the first... To essentially ensure that you won't make the playoffs barring injury. Yes. So you know the first thing I'm saying, I want freaking that Miami pick, the 2021 unprotected Miami pick. That's yeah. the that, that was a huge thing. If you could get that, then... That pick would have moved how many times now? <laughs> if, if that it pick is. does move. Yeah, but it, but it, it looks like a really nice pick right now. Even so. though they got Jimmy Butler, that that kind of yeah. makes the pick yeah. a little worse. But that's two years down the road from Jimmy Butler in the first high school draft potentially. So, uh, and it's an unprotected pick. So that I think a decent. Here's my here's my scenario with it. And this was this would be a, a kind of a the in between route in my opinion that I think would would help both sides or at least be decent for both sides. What if you swapped Courtney Lee for Gallinari? That would give the Clippers ten million more in cap space. Maybe they could you know wave a couple of their like you know smaller guys and get to around fifteen to sign if they wanted to Danny Green route or spend that money on somewhere else. Then at that point, Dallas is only sacrificing ten million of their cap space uh, you know, of Dallas's cap space to where they could still have money to sign somebody else, and that would be the route I would rather take. But. Uh, I'm not against Gallinari. I mean, yeah. I mean, Gallinari is really good. I mean, Gallinari was just as... We've talked about how Tobias Harris was good for the Clippers last year. Gallinari was just as good as him last yeah. season. The, and, problem, and, the and problem with Gallinari, and we've talked about Gallinari a lot, is that he can get injured. Now, he was pretty healthy last year, but he's injury prone. And that that 
you know, sucks. <laughs> no, he um, had a, an amazing season last year. Yes. 20 points per game, 43% for, from three, uh, 68 uh, games played. He, for every reason that you would make the argument for Miritich or somebody like that, or, um, I mean, this might be stretching a little bit, but like Bogdanovich, like if you wanted Bogdanovich, even though Bogdanovich could play the three more than Gallo can at this point, yeah. Um, I think that if you did bring Gallinari in, which 43% shooter, bring him in. Like if that's, if that's the worst that you can do, then that yes. that's not that bad. So like, uh, I think he would come off the bench though. Yeah. That, that's that. See, that's the weird thing right now is we, we really do believe we've said this so many times, but we really do believe that the Mavericks system and Carlisle system wants the center to be a rim roller. Yes. Right? And a rim well, roller. Somebody asked me this on Twitter today. What do you think a rim roller is? Well, it's a guy that sets screens. He rolls to the basket. He's a lob threat. Uh, like, you know, like Dwight Powell is. Like DeAndre Jordan does, was. Yes. Like like Tyson Chandler was. Like, you know, Steven Adams or Rudy Gobert. A guy like, guy like that offensively. Uh, and you can make Porzingis be that, but that's not the best thing he does. So to, to change everything and then put Porzingis at the five, even though the Mavs have said forever, we think that Porzingis is a four on offense and a five on defense. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you don't, you don't have like a uh, Gallinari's not a five on offense and a four on defense. <laughs> yeah. So that, can't go, can't go that way. Uh, he would be I, way better than Dwight Powell. We're not saying that, but it's just the way that the Mavericks want to play. Yeah. But Gallinari would also give you the opportunity to play that small ball crunch time yes. lineup and put, I mean, talking about, <laughs> Talking about having, you know, Seth Curry, Gallinari. I mean, these are 40, you know, Seth Curry shot 45% from three last year. Gallinari, 43%. You have, you know, KP at the five, Luca. Like, these guys, like, that would give you the, the flexibility with some lineups. So, it's not, you know... <laughs> It's not the very first thing, very first scenario right now that you're like, oh, this is what I'm rooting for. Not for me. I still want Danny Green and you know maybe another piece or something. But if Danny Green is going elsewhere and the Clippers are offering you to take Gallinari, but with something attached, that's the thing. <laughs> like that, that's kind of what or the frustration came with the Kelly Linux stuff. He's an expiring contract, but you you need something attached to that. The, the Miami pick ideally, but something else with that. And, but we'll see. I don't, I don't know if even if Kawhi picks the Clippers, they can still just hold on to Gallinari. And I think honestly, the best move for them to do is hold on to Gallinari unless, you know, they prefer something else, but they have enough guards and, and wings to where I don't even, if he picked the Clippers, I just don't think Danny Green's going with him to the Clips. Now, I could be completely wrong on yeah. that, but that's just me guessing. And Danny Green, his, the, his podcast has a, a Twitter. It's like it's like Green Room Inside or something like that. And uh, he posted a picture of Danny Green with three options. And he's like, it's down to these three, and it's Lakers, Mavericks, and Raptors. Those are the three mm. teams that he's kind of down – it's kind of narrowed it down to right now. So – not even considering the Clippers. Now, of course, anything could change. If Kawhi's like, I'm going to the Clippers, Danny, come with me. You know, would he do it? I mean, if he's going to go to the Lakers, he might as well go to the Clippers with him. Yeah, especially if Kawhi tells the Clippers, hey, I'm coming, but I want you to bring Danny, Danny too. Yeah. And, uh, that's when they're going to be calling <laughs> I Dallas require really to play with Danny Green while I play basketball. Right? <laughs> like, it's never not <laughs> played with Danny Green. <laughs> 
I require the whole team to wear New Balance and wear my shoe. <laughs> Patrick Beverly's like, wait, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took 10 million less to come back and play in New Balances? Which Patrick Beverly did say, I think on Sports Center or somewhere today, the jump that he was offered the three year 50 million from Sacramento. So, hey. Which is a very similar deal that I mentioned yesterday on yesterday's pod. It, I, it would not shock me if they if Dallas signed Danny Green to something similar to that. Yeah. Three years, 40, 45, uh, three years. I mean, if they went up to three years, 50, I think fans would be a little squeamish about it. But I could totally see Danny Green being around 15, 16, somewhere through there. Yes. So um, that's what we think about Gallinari. It wouldn't be our first thing. It would be awesome to see him and Curry and Luca and Porzingis and, you know, name any other player. <laughs> Like that other player would have so much space to operate with those guys out there. So uh, we don't think the Mavericks would do that, but it's, you know, it would also, and hear me out on this. It would also add another team and it would add another country that the Mavericks don't have represented on their team. Right. Italy. Italy. They don't have an, they don't have an Italian player where Andre Bargnani is not coming through that door. So, you would also have um, $25 million in expiring contracts at that yes. point if in Lee and Gallinari, and which you could explore stuff later on. But yeah, if it's the, if Danny Green goes elsewhere and you're searching around for cap stuff, that is not a bad backup plan if that's the case. Yes. So that's what we think about that. Um, the other piece that Isaac's talking about could be Marcus Morris. Uh, Brad Townsend reported today that the Mavs are interested in Marcus Morris. He mentioned that there's a couple... He mentioned there's a couple like pieces ahead of him, which I thought was kind of interesting. Like who else is out there, right? <laughs> well, we don't know exactly what Dallas is. I mean, we what we're pretty really confident on right now is that they're waiting on Danny Green. We don't know what's after Danny Green. Yeah, I, I think they have to figure out what happens with Danny Green first before they explore. There might be a trade sitting on the table right now for Dallas that they're just holding on. And they're saying, you know what? We like this trade. We would probably do this trade, but we're going to set on it right now because we value Danny Green first. And so we don't know right now. We've talked about how your your focus shifts and your goals shift as these days go along. If plan A right now is probably getting Danny Green, we don't know what plan B and plan C looks like as far as alternatives if they don't get Danny Green. So that could be, you know, that's probably what Brad's talking about. Yes. Also, the Warriors... And I would like Marcus Morris, by the way. I would, lo- I would yes, like him yeah, on, yeah, we're on f- we're for that. Um, the Warriors signed Willie Cauley-Stein, and I know everyone wanted Willie Cauley-Stein, and I am fully prepared for Willie Cauley-Stein to go and look good playing for the Warriors because I feel like that's a situation where he could thrive, like DeMarcus Cousins. That's the only situation I feel like DeMarcus Cousins can go and, and play well. you got the two veterans in Steph and Draymond, I mean, Draymond's going to put him in his place, right? Like, Draymond's not going to take any crap from Willie Cauley-Stein where he's, like, yeah. trying to do his own thing. You know, he's not going to He's, take like, any- lazy on defense. Draymond's yes. going to chew no, him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he might not last on that team, <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Like, that might not be a good fit. Uh, it in, could be either ends of the spectrum for Cauley-Stein. Yes. Like, I think it's going to lean towards the other way of his agent or whoever advised him to go there. It's probably the best thing for his career because there is a scenario in which he goes there – and his talent comes out. He fits that system. They run a ton of pick and rolls. He's lobbing. He's protecting the paint. He's just 25 years old. Draymond teaches him actually how to play defense. 
and they kind of maximize this young guy's potential. And he kind of has these, you know, mentor role model guys uh, around him in Golden State. There's not a ton of pressure. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this could really. Some people are going to look at this, and Golden State's probably going to bring out the best in him, and it's going to be one of those signings, I think, midway through the season. Like, they got him on a minimum. This is crazy. But I don't think – I agree with you. I don't think every team could have brought that side of out of him like Golden State can. Yes. So that happened. Uh, not a lot of people said anything about it, so I'm, I'm kind of kind of okay with that. Um, also, Eurohoops.net reported that uh, Gustavo Ion is coming back to the NBA and the Mavs are the most likely landing spot. This could be the other big that they've been looking for, right? <laughs> like they've been looking for one more center and they, this could be it. Um, Ion hasn't played in the NBA since 2014. He jumped around to a bunch of teams back then. Uh, and he's played on Real Madrid since then. Oh, who else played on Real Madrid? <laughs> Salah? Salah did. Okay. But, so he's played with, he's played with Luca, has that relationship. Uh, he's a six ten center. So, you know, bringing him in could be uh, that extra center that they need. Um, so, yeah, something to look look out for. I don't know Eurohoops.net and how credible they are, but that's something that was reported today. Something else to watch out for. That'd be interesting. He's a little older. Uh, I don't want to go down this route too much, but, you know, he is 34. He has a super tight – I mean, or super tight, whatever. He's got um, super tight handle. <laughs> Just kidding. But yeah, he was Luca's, you know, big man and stuff at, at Real Madrid. So they obviously have a connection. And but yeah, like I said, he is 34 years old. Yeah, we'll see where that goes though. Yes. So, all right. Um, let's take a break, and when we come back, let's talk about the rest of the league besides the Mavericks. We're gonna talk about the Atlantic Division today, and maybe some of your ears just popped up. Yes, there are still divisions. They still do exist. So we'll talk about the Atlantic division. That's the Nets, Celtics, Knicks, Sixers, Raptors. Talk about all those teams, what they did, the moves they made, and uh, what we think about them coming up next. All right, Isaac. So let's start with the rest of these teams. Let's start with the Nets because, I mean, that was the biggest thing that happened during free agency, right, so far besides waiting on Kawhi. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they spurned, absolutely spurned the Knicks and went to the Nets. Uh, to form a big three with um, maybe the best player out of the three of them in DeAndre Jordan. So we're excited to uh, to see them play, not next year altogether, but the year after. But yes, so um, what do we think about Durant, Kyrie, this decision? It seems like really late news now, even though it just happened like two days ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, you know, that all came out right before free agent. Uh, free agency technically started and that they were going to go there. And uh, uh, the, it still surprised me that Durant went there. I get that you, people want to bring up the connection with Kyrie, but I just, I just deep down, I thought that if he left golden state, he was going to go to uh, the Knicks. And it, I just thought it made way more sense. The, he would get his own team. He would just be praised and he would just, set this you know they would run it with all these young guys and all this stuff and you know so when he decided to go to Brooklyn I was kind of shocked by it there's there you know he's obviously setting out next season so what he's going to look like after that we'll see but I don't there's not they're not a lock to be better than they were last year without KD right now so 
you're pretty much swapping out D'Angelo Russell for Kyrie. and um, I'm going to push back on that. Kyrie is so much better than D'Angelo Russell. And I know people are going to say, well, what about the – what about the uh, you know the chemistry? You're gonna say it's a lock. What for about sure. the chemistry and all that? This this is different than what the situation with with Kyrie. I think they are gonna be better. Kyrie, think, but Kyrie it's a lock, is though? so much better than D'Angelo Russell. Okay. And I don't Kyrie, think it's a lock though. And Ky- I don't. I, I mean, yeah. nothing's a lock because you know things can happen. Kyrie could get injured. He's injury prone himself. I mean. You know. But even if he plays every single game this season, I still don't think it's a lock that they Isaac, they, they have Isaac. They added DeAndre Jordan. To see the, that? <laughs> that's what I don't the get that at all. <laughs> you got freaking Jared Allen. Like you, I mean, I guess DeAndre's kind. Of, are they honestly going to roll DeAndre as starter and bring Jared Allen off the bench? The crap you doing? Like, yeah, I don't know about I, that. So that's the thing. They're a Kyrie injury away from being in the lottery, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, you still have Dinwiddie and you still have Karis LeVert. Okay. Karis LeVert, yeah, maybe that, he comes yeah. back and has a full season. Like, they didn't have a full season of Karis LeVert last year. So, if they get true, a full true. season, Karis LeVert, still have, you know, Harris, still have the. Uh, man, their summer league team is crazy. They're, they're playing uh, Zion and Musa, which I probably said his name wrong. Uh, they're playing Kuruks. They're playing Jared Allen. I mean,. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, I didn't know Jared Allen. Yes, playing. Jared Allen's playing in summer league, or at least he's on the roster. So that's going to be be interesting. That that's the team I think wins summer league with those guys. <clears throat> they signed Wilson Chandler. Oh Don't no, forget Wilson about Chandler's that. gone. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I like their supporting cast around those guys. I do think Dinwiddie and Joe Harris and Torian Prince and Lavert. I do think these guys are uh, good additions ar- around those three guys. It's just, you know, they're pretty much punting on a season, but you got to because of um, See, because you're getting Kevin Durant. I don't think they're punting on a season, though. If they're better. I think they're, st- they're still a playoff team. Go through the East. They're still a playoff team, <laughs> but they're probably getting bounced in the first round. Depends who they play. Are you picking them over Milwaukee, Philly, or Boston? I'm not picking them over Boston. And then at that point. See, okay, I don't you- think Boston's going to be as good as we thought. Ooh. Boston, they, they didn't just lose back. Kyrie and replace him with Kemba. They also lost Horford, and that's huge for them. They're okay, they replaced Horford. True. When we're talk we'll talk about the Celtics, so we might as well get into this. They replaced Horford with Ennis Cantor. Yeah. Uh, defensively, and they also lost Aaron Baines. So defensively they're no, no, so- no, I'm not I'm saying that, that I don't really count Cantor as like a like a, a positive or like a negative. I, Horford's clearly it's way better. It's a negative than from Horford though. I just think the Kyrie drama and all the stuff, I think him being out and you swapping that with Kemba is going to be a, a completely different ballgame for them. Could be. So, However, they, so they still – So, as set up, you would, pick, you would put Brooklyn in a series over Boston. I would think about it. No, it would make I me think. think. I wouldn't just it. automatically say Boston would win a series over them. Okay. But, like, regular season stuff, that's, that's my thing. Like, I just don't – I just I, I'm not convinced that Brooklyn this season is better than they were last year. D'Angelo Russell was at a, a, a big time level. Um, D'Angelo Russell was also sitting the bench in crunch time at the beginning of the season. At the beginning of the season, yes. When Karis LeVert was out there destroying people, for sure. Yeah, Karis LeVert absolutely. then went down with a massive injury and ended up coming back. And I I think that I think Karis LeVert is better than, an, I think Karis LeVert at his best is better than D'Angelo Russell. 
Have you turned on your boy D Lo now that he's not going to be a Laker? He's never been my boy. I will not. You've like you've liked him. him. I mean, I like him. Yeah, but I I like Karis Levert better. Yeah, I like uh, I like Levert, but he was so good at the beginning. He's he was like going to be an All Star at the beginning of the season. He would have had Russell's spot in the All Star game if he would have continued his pace what he was doing at the beginning of the season. Probably, but I think there's something to be said that Russell like was playing that well to where he was an All Star. Yeah, that thing to be said was he was an all star. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah, an right. all star. Like he did it. He did do it. Right. This is yeah, all hypothetical so, for sure. Um, but no, I mean they're fine. I think it, I think it's kind of. It would be super funny if Kawhi goes to the Clippers and it's the Nets and the Clippers and not the Lakers and the Knicks and those two markets yes. that land you know the biggest yes. two guys in free agency. But I'm happy for the Nets. I'm happy it's in the East. Uh, I, th- that that team's in the East. Yeah. I, man, Kenny Atkinson, your job now. You go from last year of having these up and coming young guys and developing and making it fit, and it looked like it was fun. You know, like this is like like that was everybody rallied around that team last year. It was so fun, yes. like playoffs and Against everything. The Sixers, everyone was rooting for the Nets. Yes, with Jared now, Dudley putting his arms out at Ben Simmons, and so fun. Now you have the Illuminati himself and Kyrie. <laughs> you get to play around with DeAndre Jordan. Have fun with that. Oh, my you gosh. Know. And I think, you know, you're going to run into, I mean, I, if there are Nets fans out there, the <laughs> shots. I would be so frustrated of how many minutes DeAndre takes from Jared Allen. <laughs> that w- Yes, that's going to be the new thing it's like what the new fan base gets really disgruntled about you know because you can't play them together there's no way absolutely no No. way so you're you're playing you have 48 minutes and you have to split them between deandre and jared allen now deandre is he's a solid teammate right and so oh and he also has his guy kevin durant and this is one thing i think could help the Kyrie situation as well and could help with deandre too durant's gonna be there right it's not like Kyrie is, is out there and Kyrie on the Celtics was like, I'm the man. I'm the only guy that's done it. And now he's on this team and he has Durant as excuse this phrase, his Yoda, right? Like he's got the guy, he's got the, when at the end of, uh, at the end of return of the Jedi, when he has the three guys, the three ghosts Jedi behind him, like Luke's looking at him and he has all those guys to mentor him and come back. I mean, he's, he's there. He's not, he can't do anything functionally. But he can yeah. be there and give him advice and be there to help kind of calm him down and be like, yo, when you said that thing and you were calling out Karis Levert today, like, that's not cool, man. Like, that's people in my people in my mentions on my burner are saying really bad things about, you, <laughs> you know, like he's going to be able to hopefully they will level each other out and be able to keep each other accountable. Right. That's what you would hope. Uh, and DeAndre yeah. Jordan as well. So Durant is and if you're friends with anyone, if you have any friends, you know that. You clown your friends more than anyone else does, right? More than any trolls ever. You clown your own friends because you know that there's love there, right? Kevin Durant is probably going to sit on the bench and be like, yo, Jared Allen is way better than you, bro. Like, and It's probably going to light a fire under under him, right? Or it should. He's like, dude, I don't know why you're starting over Jared Allen. It's just because you're making you know more money. He's probably just going to be making those jokes like all year. So hopefully, that's that's my case for saying that this thing could eventually like – course correct itself and that the Kyrie thing might not be so crazy however there is another there is another scenario which I think you lean towards is that uh, Kyrie and DeAndre are the only guys out there Kyrie and DeAndre kind of 
uh, implode the Nets a little bit and ruin all this chemistry they had and this goodwill because those guys are very interesting. And the way they play is uh, Kyrie is an amazing player. DeAndre Jordan is less of an amazing player than he was before. Um, they're kind of opposites, right? Like De- DeAndre is an awesome teammate. Kyrie is probably not as good of a teammate, but DeAndre is mm. not as good of a player, but Kyrie is still an amazing player. They're kind of like opposites in that sense. Maybe they'll even each other out. Maybe they'll compound and become, you know, a wrecking crew. So that, that's, if, that's the Nets swing, I think. If, if Toronto loses Kawhi, do you think it's a lot? Brooklyn has a better record than them? No, I think I, I think Toronto know. is still good. That's what I'm saying. They were I I think if Brooklyn finished six in the East last year, 42 wins. Yeah. If they finish six again or fifth again, I think that's like their range. I don't think they're better than Milwaukee or Philly and like regular season wise. Boston, I think they're you know, probably not Toronto. Indiana, I think they're in that Indiana range of like five, six, somewhere through there. Yeah. I just don't think it vaults them into the top three of the conference, something like that. Something to keep in mind, too, that I think played a bigger role than what people are talking about is, is their new owner. This dude is, I mean, I I want to say he's the richest man in, in, like, China as far as, I mean, he's the, the Joseph Tsai uh, and his connections in China. He is uh, in the Alibaba group uh, over there. His... I just don't think, uh, I think the connections in China and the market over there and the money uh, with that, I think that uh, is a bigger player than that lured. Uh, when you have big guys like Durant and Kyrie and their personal brands and their ties through Nike and their shoes and these you know tours they go on uh, around the world, there is a ton of money overseas. And I just... Yeah, I just think that played into a little bit more than what people are thinking about. Oh, you think that an owner can can swing why a player would want to go to another team? Oh, you think that maybe having a terrible owner could be the reason why? Gosh, James Dolan can't get him can't get out of his own way. James Dolan, who's the other team? You want to talk about the Knicks? The the Knicks are the other team in the Atlantic Division. You want to talk about them? They're a dump, yeah, they're talk. a dumpster fire. I mean, just. They they win the award for me of what the crap are you doing? That's I Makes literally no sense. my my free Dawkins video that I made about you know free agency was what are the Knicks doing? That's literally the title of it. What are they doing? What is going on with the Knicks right now? Because they had this plan. They 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 pretty much went all in. They pushed all their chips into this basket. And the Mavericks and Mavericks fans know this better than anybody. They traded. The Por- plan was fine though. Uh, well, okay. Well, no, no, no. It's not fine. But they traded Porzingis. They they got the cap space. They they were able to you know, get off all this stuff and they were able to get off the contracts and all that. Like they finally like got a clean slate, right? They had these terrible contracts. They had the, they had, remember a couple years ago, they had the Noah contract. They had Courtney Lee. They had Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, they just had all these contracts. They had Derek Rose. They had all these contracts. And now that they're finally off all of them and they trade Porzingis away, who is going to be a restricted free agent with a small cap hold that they'd be able to, you know, yeah. get one guy, maybe two, if they were able to get off of Tim Hardaway Jr., some other way. Um, and then and I, I want to mention too, Jay Williams, who is very close with Kevin Durant. Yes. He's had some interesting things to say recently over the past day or so. He has talked about how he believes that if they had Porzingis, that Porzingis could have lured Durant to, to New York. His, th- his, and, he was on Zach Lowe's podcast and he said, who gave Porzingis the nickname, the unicorn. And Zach Lowe's like, hmm, KD, KD. Yes. 
KD. And there's reports that Porzingis didn't want to play with KD. And who knows if any of that's true, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But that would be quite those. That'd be quite the front court, right? That'd be crazy. Yeah. I mean, they would have had his restricted hold, and then the same one the Mavs had ha- right now. Yeah, they would have had you know. Well, anyway, they had eighty million dollars because they didn't have the thirty. They would. They didn't. You know, they yeah, they had Tim Hardaway in, in Leeds. Right. That's the, that's the thirty. They'd but. be. They'd still be able to to figure it out. But uh, man. So they had this plan. James Dolan was like, we're going to get somebody in free agency. He went on this Michael K show and is saying that they're going to do it. And then uh, at the last – so Kevin Durant's injury kind of changes it all for them. They don't give him – they don't offer him the full max because, honestly, that's a Knicks thing to do is to, to get a guy that's super injured and to give him the max, right? They've been doing that for years. Mari Stoudemire, they just gave him a bag, and then he went down. Um, Derrick Rose, I guess they didn't really give him a bag, but they – uh, they signed him and tried him out. They you know, did the mellow thing. Mellow wasn't super injured, but so they, they, they have his plan. And then now their, their plan is done. As soon as, as soon as KD is like, I'm going to the nets and Kyrie's going to the nets, which is probably worst case scenario for them because it's in the same city, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. subway right away. And their, their second plan was to go after Julius Randall and give him an insane amount of money. Yeah. That is that's so much more money than we would have given him. Sixty three million dollars over three seasons, that third season's a team option. But I mean you're handing him twenty million this year, twenty one million next season, fully guaranteed for these two years, and that that was just a ton. I mean, I, I mentioned it before, I thought Julius Randall's getting twelve to fourteen, maybe fifteen max. Twenty one. And that that deal is kind of okay if it's the only thing they did right if that's the only thing they did they gave him huge money they're like all right well you you're a bad team you have to overpay to get guys like that even though you shouldn't because they're in that huge market and that's what everybody says but you see i still wouldn't even did that though i mean if it just you did the julius randall thing i still wouldn't have done that see i think i think i probably would have still the thing i don't what's your okay what's your main goal for the knicks right now they're this season what would you say their number one goal is to suck but my 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 number one goal if I'm the Knicks, I got to figure out which of my pieces are building block yeah. pieces. And right now, you signed Julius Randle to twenty million, and I mean they literally have Randle, Portis, Bullock, Taj Gibson, Wayne Ellington, Alfred Payton. You just signed all of these vets yeah. that we all know what they are for the most part. I mean Bobby even, Portis, I guess the jury's maybe still out on him a little they're bit. They're not even but, vets though. They're like these mid guys where they're not vets. They're not young guys, right? They're like right in that middle where they're trying to, trying to establish their NBA career right now and establish who they are in the NBA. Peyton is a guy that's been bounced around to a bunch of teams trying to establish himself. Portis is now a guy that's bounced around. Julius Randle now has kind of bounced around trying to establish themselves and make a name for themselves really in the NBA. They're like, I've, I've done this development thing. I've got my skills now here. Let me make myself known. So I still think the Randall thing would have been okay. You, you, you want to try, but you want to try and, and figure out which of your guys is good, but you also want to try to take some risks, right? Take some calculated risk and be like, all right, Julius Randall is a 20 and 10 guy. We can take a risk on this guy. But now they're doing, dude, what you said, they, they got Alfred Payton in, they got Bobby Portis and Taj Gibson play the same position as Julius Randall. You're not playing all those guys together. Now Julius Randall come off the bench and be a five, but those four guys, those three guys are all fours. Reggie Bullock, I kind of like, but he kind of takes away from R.J. Barrett and Kevin Knox too, right? 
Yes. And the thing, well, and the thing that I don't like about it is they they signed all these fours, and I want to see Kevin Knox at the four. I want to see R.J. Barrett maybe some, spend some time at the four. Yes. Now, I don't mind the Reggie Bullock one's the one I'm the least worried yeah, about that's because what, I you like need that you need those shooters around these guys. But yes, your number one thing is I want I want Mitchell Robinson to get better. I need to know what the crap Dennis Smith Jr. is. You know, in New York, is he a guy that can be their future point guard? I want to know what Kevin Knox is. I want to know what R.J. Barrett. Like, I want these guys, Alonzo, Alonzo True, I guess, to an extent. I want these guys to be getting minutes. They spent a second-round pick on the Michigan guy, the Brasdakis. I probably just said it completely wrong. But I, I want those guys <laughs> to get to get the majority of the run. And now you just spent you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 million dollars. Now I get it that you have to hit the floor and, and you mentioned this the other day, the Portis, Bullock, Todd Gibson contracts and Wayne Ellington contracts. They all have a team option for the second season on the deal next season. So they could theoretically just, you know, cut ties with all of them after this season. But the Alfred Payton one just completely threw me off. Like, why? Why would you? He's on the books again for next season at you know eight point one million. And I mean, if I'm New York and you're going to suck anyway, that's the same situation of DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen. If, in my opinion, to where I'm going to be looking at that and saying, any minutes that Alfred Payton takes away from Dennis, from Dennis Smith, or I mean, it looks <laughs> like they're already out on Nilakina. I'm going to be so frustrated by that because you know what these guys are. I just, they should have been not to keep going on them, but they were the team that was the prime example of they should have been taking Mo Harkless for the first. They should have been taking Andre Iguodala for the first. They should be the team that still has cap space right now to where if there's a team like the Clippers who need to pay a high price to get off Gallimari, that they should have been the team that still has cap space to do that. So like, I just think they should have held on to the money, like, and whatever. I would have rather, if I'm the Knicks, I would have rather not signed a couple of these guys, held on to my cap space as long as I could, and see what teams out there are going to be super desperate to shed money. And if even if those situations doesn't come to fruition, then you go out and you're like, hey, I have to hit the cap floor. Then you go out and give Boogie Cousins one year, $20 million just to hit the cap floor and just say, screw it. I would rather take the risk and try to take on expirings to get assets instead of do what they did. I, I just, I, I don't understand anything what the Knicks did this off season. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So, and who's their starters next season, Robinson, Randall, Knox. No, no Robinson, Barrett. Randall, Bullock, Barrett, and Dennis. Dennis. Or no, Alfred Payton. Pro- maybe Alfred. Depends on who, because we've already seen that Fisdale will just be like, I like Moutier better, so we're just I'm going to start Moutier instead of trying Dennis yeah. or trying these young guys. I feel bad for Fizz. I like Fisdale. Yeah, now he's stuck with his team. That team is going to play hard, though, I think. I mean, that's the only thing they can do. Mitch Robinson plays hard. Randall and Portis both are guys that play hard. So, yeah, there's worse things you can do, but those are terrible deals. Okay, um, so the Raptors, we've kind of talked about them a little bit. They're really just waiting on Kawhi. They, they can still be a playoff team. Siakam is going to get better, right? Like, yeah. Siakam's, OG's, OG's a wild card that people forget yes. about, too. Can OG give you 35% of Kawhi, right? No. no. You're a, yes, he can do that. He can play defense, and he's you're replacing 
Kawhi with OG essentially, which is I think it's more of can he be a a shade? Can he be shades of of Siakam okay. more than Kawhi? Really? Yeah. I think he's more of a Siakam type than a Kawhi type. OG. I don't know if I see that the the ball handler like that that Siakam is. Uh, Kawhi is a better ball handler. <laughs> That's true. You're right. I guess I was just th- thinking as a wing defender. Can he be the? Can he replace the wing defense that Kawhi gave? I mean, I guess hope. Yeah, hope. I mean, hopefully. That yeah, they're still a playoff team for sure, and they're still a decent team. I think that you do have to ask the question: When do they rebuild and, and all that? But you know, they'll be fine. Yes. So they'll they'll be okay. Uh, they got their title. Uh, Kawhi doesn't owe them anything, by the way. That no anybody no, saying that is this is completely wrong. The last team, the Sixers. Woo, this is a divisive team. Okay, so they what a division. They move, yeah. What a division with storylines. They move on from Jimmy Butler essentially, or Jimmy Butler moves on from them. Um, they re-sign Tobias Harris. They um, bring in Al Horford. So now Al Horford's in the situation where he has been a five his whole career. Essentially, he's played like eighty-three percent of his minutes, according to Basketball Reference, at center. He's played with. Um, you know, like Paul Millsap and, uh, you know, Marcus Morris and guys like that who's, who've been the four. And now he's going to be slotted down at the, in, and play the four himself. The um, the thing is, Al Horford has played the four a lot in his career. He's played next to centers. I'm, I'm writing this um, for a video I'm working on right now. He's played with centers like, you know, with Aaron Baines this past year. He's played with, like, uh, Chiago splitter. Exactly. He's played with guys like that. Um, so he has played four. He hasn't played it as much as he's probably going to play this season though. That's, that's going to be the interesting thing is can he still do, and he's getting older. So he's not like as quick as he was before. Uh, and we did our whole thing about Al Horford bringing him in. He doesn't rely on athleticism, but at the four, you need to be a little bit quicker than you are at the five. Just because you're guarding some of those guys like that. He's going to be ha- He's going to have to guard in the perimeter a little bit more. And, um, uh, this is just a huge shift for them. I mean, massive shift for them. This changes their whole team again. They they went from this team with, you know, uh, Simmons and Embiid with all these, like, younger players, Covington and Sarich and all those guys. Then they went to Jimmy Butler. Then they brought in Tobias – or yeah, they brought in Jimmy Butler. Then they brought in Tobias Harris. That's, that's three different teams right there, essentially. And now yeah. they've changed it all again, and they have Josh Richardson, they have Horford, and Tobias on a max. This team is is crazy, and I don't know what to make of them. I, I don't think it's the best team in the East. I don't think they're a lock for best team. I think Milwaukee is still up there, even though they moved on from Brogdon. They're probably second best team in the East, and in the playoffs, it's mm-hmm. a weird team. I mean, that, that team is going to struggle to score, in my opinion. It, it's a weird fit, but I, I think you almost got to uh, kind of have to view it in a way – that you view Golden State with D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. And that you're losing Jimmy Butler and your timeline's right now. So you have this money and you're probably like, hey, Horford might not be the perfect fit, but you just go out and give him the money and just make it work and see and roll with it. I think, and I feel like I mentioned this, but I think something the, I think one of the biggest things about this is if I'm Philly, I'm looking at what, I'm looking at what Toronto did last year with Kawhi. And saying, man, look at the load management stuff. That's the fun term to use now. Look mm-hmm. at the rest. Look at what they did, the plan they put in place for Kawhi. Embiid took a beating last year. He took he played a ton of minutes. 
played a lot of games. And if I'm looking at, I'm saying it's the most games right. he's ever played ever in his whole life. Yeah, so I'm 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 sitting there saying, all right, that number is going to be the most for his whole life for the rest of his career. <laughs> so because I want to lower those games, I want to lower those minutes, and Al Horford gives you that flexibility of still staying a really good team because uh you know in this scenario in which hey Joel Embiid's resting tomorrow night, Wednesday night, and you know Memphis. Then you start Al Horford at the five. You start Tobias Harris at the four, which both of their positions that they're used to playing and they play really well at. Ben Simmons still in there, you know, Josh Richardson, whatever. So, like, their lineups without Embiid on the floor, which when you watch the playoffs last year, when Embiid wasn't on the floor, they looked kind of lost at times, you know, like you didn't know what to do. Now, with Embiid off the floor, they still they would still have a system. They'll still have an identity and still be able to at least run an offense, you know, with with Horford up, uh, you know, on the floor. I think Josh Richardson is a, a heck of an addition yeah. for him uh, because I mean he shot thirty five percent from three last year. He's not you know the perfect or he's not the exact three point you know duplicate of JJ Redick, but he does give you somebody that can guard positions you know those other opposing point guards to where somebody like Ben Simmons might you know struggle a little bit with that so yeah it's not the perfect roster but I still I still think it's a talented roster I think my biggest question is what some of the other people have thrown out plenty of times too is who it's the end of the game it's the final two minutes who's getting the shots because, you know, in a perfect world, you say, well, we're giving it to Embiid on the post and he's going to work for those last, you know, if you have the last three or four possessions, who is it? That's what, I mean, that's how you succeed in the playoffs. This is what we talked about a thousand times. And you have Kawhi, you have the James Hardens, you have, uh, I think you saw it happen with Milwaukee some. You saw Giannis get exposed when he can't can't take a pull-up jumper. He can't, you know, he doesn't have that yet. So, what does Philly do now that Jimmy Butler is not there? Is Tobias Harris your guy? You know, Josh Richardson isn't. Ben Simmons, you know, couldn't hit Walmart with a bouncy ball. And then, you know, Joel Embiid, I guess, on the post is your thing. But yeah, I mean, they'll iron that stuff out. I think it's a move they had to do. And yeah, I think you have to pencil them in as the first or second team in the East right now. Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of talent. We'll give them that. And that's never been a, a question with Philly. But They still have a few. I think they have a few smaller signings to make, too. Zaire Smith is somebody that a lot of people were really high Wild on, card. you know, coming out of the draft. And, you know, his injury and he had a weird medical situation. You know, he was pretty much out for an entire season last year. He's a wild card to the rotation people liked. Um, Ty Bull coming out of the draft, he can't shoot that well, but he's really good defensively. And you know if they Good, go just out, just what they, they needed. <laughs> <laughs> they they need shooting, so that does not. Uh, <laughs> but but no, I, I think that there are a few minimum guys you know, away from you know helping the roster. I think they need another point guard on this roster, but they're fine. I, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see them play together. This team now has like two different teams, though. You have the you have the 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 Ben Simmons uh Al Horford team that like that combination is awesome and then you have like mm-hmm. Joel Embiid and whoever else is out there with Joel Embiid that just two different teams and it'd be interesting to see how long those guys play together now I st- well I think Ben Simmons just throws it all out. I'm still in the camp that you got to trade Ben at sometime yeah Embiid is better than Simmons 
Yes, it's just two different styles. The best version of Ben Simmons is him in a fast-paced offense. If him running the show and you're up and running stuff, the best the best team for Embiid is a little bit slower game. You dump it down the post. You let Embiid go to work. Well, when you dump it in the post, you got to have shooters around him. Then Ben Simmons is lost, and you've did a video on it and everything. We talked about it. He just stands there. like you. It's just totally two different. The pieces just don't work, in my opinion. Watch him win a title next year, and then I'm stupid. But there were a couple of bounces away right there. We're going to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I don't like. I I have an issue when people say, have said that though of the past you know few months. There are a couple of bounces few, away from from going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'll say that Eastern Conference Finals, yes, but it's not out of the realm that Milwaukee sweeps them. Milwaukee beats them in five games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I not out of the realm. I, I don't think it's a lot. I just I've heard that thrown out there as saying, "Oh, you know, there were a few bounces away from you know being in the finals." Thinking that it's just Giannis could do since. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, just this, the idea of since they took Toronto to seven games and it was just a few bounces that they would have rolled through Milwaukee the same way Toronto did. I don't think that. I don't think we can say that. Giannis would shut down Ben Simmons the same way Kawhi did. Yes. So. Wow, we went another hour. Nothing even happened except for they signed Dorian. <laughs> signed Dorian, where Mavericks are still in the holding pattern. Uh, quietly, though, they have twelve people. Well, they have a lot of people on the roster right now, so it's another thing to keep in mind that even if guys are getting guaranteed deals, that there's still going to be some training camp battles. You know, this fall, JJ. Let's just go through them: Brunson, JJ Barea, Hardaway, Seth. Courtney Lee, Luca, Justin Jackson, Brokoff, KP, Maxi, Dwight Powell. That's eleven. Sala is going to be back at some point. That's twelve. Sala was at the practice facility today, yesterday. Yes, first summer league practice Tuesday. yesterday. Got to see Isaiah Roby first time. All that stuff. Isaiah Roby, another guy. He could you know spend some time in the G League and stuff. But you want to say that he's going to be on that roster? And if you count him, if you count him and Salah, that's 13 guys right there. Already. So, already. That's without a Danny Green. Uh, that's without a any other signings. Uh, you know, I think we're all in the same boat that if, you know, we want Danny Green, but we want somebody else too. So, if you add Danny Green and somebody else, that takes you to 15. And what about and, Czech Diallo? Where's Czech Diallo? Yeah, Diallo, all that, you know, coming probably at training camp, probably some minimum deal and, and or invite to see what he can prove in training camp. And, uh, yeah, there's only so many seats at the table. So that's why the whole, like, Brokoff guaranteed thing, it's not a lock that it's not 100% that he's on the roster next year. We like him and stuff, but there's going to be some training camp battles for those last few spots on the roster. And we got to see what they do with Courtney Lee also. You know, they could very well stretch him tomorrow and get eight more million in cap, and then he's off the roster. Yes. So there you go. That's what we, that's some thoughts. We hope you guys are appreciating these longer podcasts. I know that most of you do. <laughs> a lot of you, yes. A lot of you have reached out and let us know. And, um, yeah, we're still on uh, Danny Green watch. <laughs> still waiting for Danny Green. So we'll see. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom.